Hello, English language learners and English language teachers. Welcome to our new episode of Walk the Talk, the podcast for learning about colloquial English. If you haven't heard our podcast yet, don't worry. You can easily catch up. If you have missed the first couple of episodes, don't worry. That's right, you'll catch up quickly. I hope you caught that phrasal verb that I just used. I said the words catch up. It's a common one. If you aren't familiar with phrasal verbs and what they are and how they are used, well, I'll tell you a little bit right now. Phrasal verbs are colloquial verbs, and they're more than one word. They're a phrase. That's why they're called phrasal verbs. They're very colloquial, and they're also often very idiomatic. That means they're not easy to understand. And actually, they're sometimes impossible to understand literally. You can't understand what is meant by them if you look at the literal meaning of the two words. Instead, it's figurative or creative or idiomatic. Right now, let's think about the word catch, which was part of the phrasal verb catch up that I just used. Catch is something that you do with your hands, literally. When something comes at you like a ball or something like that. When somebody throws something at you, the little literal meaning to, of catch means to reach with your hands and grab it. But when we say catch with a phrasal verb, it's different. We're not using our hands. I want you to think more metaphorically. So catch, or the past tense, caught, is often used in phrasal verbs. There are many that use catch as its base. When I say this next sentence, the word catch is used figuratively or metaphorically. Listen. Hurry, come on, catch up. C catch up to us so we can all catch the next train together. So in that sentence, nothing is actually or literally being caught. Not with our hands. In other words, you simply cannot catch an up. And you can't catch a train with your hands. No. Catch is used metaphorically. I'll say it again. Hey, come on, guys, catch up with us. Let's all try and catch the next train together. Okay, so it's different than catching a ball that is thrown to you. We have to think metaphorically. So rather, catching up, we're walking faster so we can be together with others. And so that we can all board the same train, uh, the same train car together. Okay, so to catch up with our podcast means to literally listen to the previous episodes and get to the same point where the newest one is being released, all the way up to the latest episode. If you fall behind, you know, because of a busy schedule, well, don't worry. The episodes aren't too long, so you can easily catch up. Think about it some more with me for a minute. Listen to this scenario. Imagine that you are walking up a hill and, well, some people who are more fit, they're walking faster than others. And so those people who are slower might shout ahead and say something. They might yell out, 
Hey, slow down, will you? Let us slowpokes catch up to you. You might even have to catch your breath before you can start walking faster to catch up to the others. Okay? Again, to catch your breath is metaphoric. You don't really catch it, not in the literal sense. Rather, you just rest and you slow your breathing. You slow your breathing down to a normal rate again. So again, it's a phrasal verb, catch plus up. Combined, they make an idiomatic expression. All right, so when I said, I hope you caught that phrasal verb I just used, I meant that I hoped you noticed it. I hope that you caught it or noticed it when I said it. In other words, I hope you realized that I just used an idiom. You are on the receiving end of the information sharing process, so I hope you caught it, received it, noticed it, you know? Just take a few seconds and let that sink in. So let's look more closely at that main phrasal verb, catch up. You can say it in a lot of different situations or contexts. For example, you can say it, you can use it when you're talking about sports, you know, particularly sports where scores are counted, where there are different scores between the teams or players. For example, here's an example. The Raptors were behind by quite a few points, but near the end of the game, they scored a couple of three-pointers, and then number 42 slam-dunked another one for two points, and suddenly they were pretty much caught up. I didn't get to see the end of the game, though, so I have no idea who won. So they kept scoring points. They were far behind. They kept scoring points, and they caught up to the other team. You can say this about sleeping, too. So, you know, sometimes when you can't sleep as much as you want to, uh, particularly if you're really busy with schoolwork or a project or something like that at work. So you study late or you work late and you miss some sleep and you have to catch up on sleep later. And you can say it about schoolwork too. Listen to these examples. Uh, I have so much homework I have four chapters to read, and this test is going to be really hard. I guess I really need to try and catch up with my studies on this week, this weekend. So, to catch up with your studies. Oh yeah, I know, me too. I also have a ton of reading to do, but I want to go fishing with my brother and his nephew this weekend. I guess I'll just try and stay up late on Sunday night to study. Maybe, you know, maybe I can catch up with sleep after the exam. So to catch up with your studies or to catch up on rest, very commonly used in those contexts. Catch up is a common phrasal verb. It's quite productive. For instance, you can say, I'll catch up with you later, meaning I'll, I have to do something else right now, but I'll call you or I'll find you or whatever. Okay, I'll give you another example for that one. Imagine that you're going to the Edmonton Folk Music Festival with some of your friends. Oh, you guys just go on ahead. I'm sure I'll find you later, but I've seriously got to hit the washroom ASAP. I'm sure I'll catch up with you on the hill later on, you know, before the next band starts uh, playing. Get it? Catch my drift? Does that make sense? You tell your friends, I'll catch up with you later. That means I'll find you, but I have to go to the washroom right now. Okay. And just now I said to you, catch my drift. Does that make sense? That's another idiom with the word catch in it. Catch my drift. You can say get my drift or catch my drift, but I, I prefer to say catch. 
I guess I like the sound of it better. Do you catch my drift? This means, do you understand what I'm saying to you? I'm wondering if you understand it, if you understand the gist of it or the general idea of it, you know. So, do you catch my drift? Okay, but why do we say that? Why, why do we use that idiom? Well, sometimes when someone is explaining something difficult or complex, or they're having trouble explaining it, then they might literally and formally ask you, do you understand? Or they could ask you in a casual and colloquial way and say, you know, did you catch my drift? Also, it's easy to explain some things, especially really exact things like, you know, the definition of a word. But other things are more difficult or more complex. They're not as straightforward and you might need to explain it a lot more. And, you know, maybe you kind of explain it in a more roundabout way. And the listeners, well, they have to kind of think more. They have to read between the lines, so to speak. Sometimes the read, or sometimes the speaker needs to confirm whether the listener is following along with the ideas. They don't want to just keep talking. They want to make sure the listener is following them and understanding them. Catch my drift? So the less straightforward that an explanation is, the more work that the listener has to do, the more the listener has to guess at the meaning. Usually the speaker knows this, so the speaker's not going to just keep on talking. Usually the speaker will stop or pause and check for comprehension. Check to make sure that the listener is understanding things. Catch my drift? So... Like driving a car in a straight line, a simple explanation is easy to follow and understand. But if there are potholes in the road, then driving is difficult and not straightforward. It's not as easy. And the passenger might even wonder, what the heck is going on? Well, it's the same with explanations. If they're very simple, no problem. If they're difficult, complex, the listener might be left wondering a few things, not understanding. Think about this one. Here's an example. Imagine a snowball fight where people are throwing snowballs at each other. A simple, clear, straightforward sentence with direct meaning. Ouch, that hurt. Well, the listener knows what happened. The guy got hit with a snowball and it hurt. It's very straightforward. We know what the speaker means. Now listen to this indirect sentence. And you have to kind of guess what the speaker means. Ooh, I'm going to build the hardest snowball ever. Well, what is the speaker implying? The speaker's saying something between the lines. What is it? Did you catch the speaker's drift? What the speaker is implying is that he's going to get revenge and inflict some pain on the other person who threw the first snowball. And if you're explaining something with a lot of indirect explanation and you're hoping the listener is understanding you, well, you have to check for comprehension. And that's when you can use the phrase, catch my drift. And they will say, yeah, 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 I got, I got you. Or else they'll say, no, you lost me way back there. So when someone says, I hope you catch my drift, it means that they hope that you understand what they're saying. What, you're, what they're saying between the lines. You know, in addition to just the literal words, they're hoping you understand the implications. The speaker is checking to make sure that the, listening, the listener is, you know, following along with the train of thought. Okay, so the word drift, it has to do with direction, as in the direction that someone's going. 
it's actually related to driving, but in, we're talking about conversation, so direction that the speaker is going with their words. But it's related to driving. So driving around potholes is more difficult than driving in a straight line. So a complex explanation is difficult and people get confused and the speaker needs to make sure that the listener isn't confused or drifting away from the main ideas. And <clears throat> drifting actually means moving. And, you know, a drifter, a drifter is someone who is homeless, but who also moves from town to town like a wanderer, but more negative. Ne drifting is, is negative in its connotation. Drifting is aimless. It's, you know, maybe out of a necessity, going wherever, just to meet one's needs. So drifting really has a lot to do with movement. So in terms of speaking and explaining, it is related to where a speaker is leading the listener's mind. So yes, when you ask somebody, catch my drift, you're making a comprehension check. But it is very colloquial, very informal. So don't worry if this is all a little confusing. Spoken English is very challenging to learn. There are so many idioms and phrasal verbs that you need to understand and learn along the way. But don't worry, you will learn. And if you play, pay close attention and, and strive to learn, you'll catch on pretty quickly. And I want to tell you something. If you want to learn more about colloquial English, sign up for CELS News. You'll be one of the first to know about new offers for new episodes or mini-courses. Just send us a message to talk at canadianenglish.com or go to the website. You'll find a link in the podcast description, along with a list of all the idioms and colloquial expressions used in this episode. Okay, so now back to catch on. Have you ever been told that you catch on quickly? If so, cool. That's great, actually. Fantastic. Awesome. It's really quite a nice compliment. When someone says it to you, it means that they are really happy that you understand them or that you are learning what they are teaching you. It can also be one person complimenting another, like between friends, to acknowledge that they're learning and improving, to show admiration. Teachers say it a lot. Tutors say it. Bosses, managers, mentors, coaches, even parents say it to their kids. I know I say it a lot when I teach people English or when I teach people to ski. If I really am impressed, then I say it. Also, I often say to my son that he's really catching on to something new that he's doing. I, I know I said it just the other day on our driveway when I was helping him to learn how to do layups with his basketball. I said it to him to encourage him and to make him feel confident and proud. So to catch on means to learn. And again, I want to mention that the catch part is really metaphoric. Imagine, if you will, imagine a spider and its, and its web, a spider and a spider web. It spins the web to catch flies for its dinner. Well, your brain and all the neurons is a little bit like that spider web. But instead of flies, your brain catches ideas and builds up skills and learns new things and new words and new idioms. So your brain is catching all that. It's capturing it. It's learning it. So you're not actually catching something, some object, like you would if you were playing frisbee at uh, Horlock Park with your friend. Instead, 
you catch ideas and concepts. And when you catch on to a skill, it means that you are catching on to the ideas that help you understand how to do, how to perform that skill. You're figuratively catching conceptual things in your mind. Catch my drift? Anyway, some people are truly fast learners. They, they Sometimes it seems like they don't even try. You know, I had a, a young lady in my group last year at the ski hill, and I told her, wow, you sure catch on quickly. In fact, uh, she learned how to ski and do parallel turns in the first lesson. I've never seen that before. She had never been on skis before in her life, and, you know, she was a natural. So, of course, I had to comment. I had to compliment her. There's another aspect of catching something, you know, metaphorically catching something, that is more passive. In other words, when you're fishing, you try to catch a fish. And when you're skiing, you try to learn to ski. And when you're learning English, you're trying to learn English. But other things can be caught with no effort at all. Other things can be caught passively, even accidentally. Sometimes you can even catch things that you don't want to catch. Okay, for example, a cold. <coughs> no, I don't have one. When you catch a cold, yeah, you get sick. You catch germs from someone else. No one tries to catch a cold. There are just germs in the air, and you catch them. The germs actually get caught in the mucous membranes in your nose, in your mouth, and in your lungs. And yeah, it's passive. You don't try to catch a cold. That would be just nuts. So yeah, if, you're, if your friend sounds funny like their nose is plugged or congested, say, sounds like you might have caught a cold. Another phrasal verb with the word caught is to get caught up with something. This one can have a positive connotation. Like, for example, you can say it when you get caught up with your homework or your taxes or your bookkeeping. You could say, oh, finally, I finally got all caught up with my homework. But it can also be very negative. It can be in a negative connotation and in a negative context also. It's said sometimes when somebody's kind of trapped. So listen to this example of getting caught up with something that's negative. I don't get it. Marcus was always a straight-A student. He never skipped school Always did his homework. I don't know, but it, it seems like when his parents divorced, he really changed. He got caught up with a bad crowd. He started going out and staying out all night, even when he had school the next day. So in this case, to get caught up with a bad crowd means that he met some bad people. Okay, let's move on. There's a, another idiom that means to hear news about something. You know, to hear some new information. Unexpectedly. So I'm talking about the idiom to catch wind of something. To catch wind of something means to just happen to hear about something by chance. It doesn't make much sense without a good example. So here it goes. You'd better not be late for work again this month. Seriously, I mean it. You're the only one who is ever late here. I mean, everyone has to deal with rush hour, but you're the only one who is always late. You know... If the boss catches wind of this, you'll be hitting the bricks. Hitting the bricks means walking, like on the brick road, as in out the door looking for a new job, okay? So they were saying, if the boss catches wind of this, 
or just happens to find out about this, you will lose your job. Okay, here's another example. How about this one? Hey, I just caught wind of an awesome investment opportunity. Extraction mining is going to be bought out by key metals. So its stock price is surely going to skyrocket this week. Well, this is actually a lot of new information, right? And learning idioms requires a lot of mental energy. Remember, the learning process shouldn't be passive. You can't just listen to me and simply learn these idioms and expressions and everything. You, you have to actually try to use them yourself in your, in your own conversations. That's what walk the talk means. It means to actually do something. It's not just talk about it, to actually do it. So walk the talk. Put these idioms and expressions into your own conversations and into your own writing. And yeah, I know what many of you are thinking right now. You're thinking, hey, but I don't have anyone to talk with. Yeah, well, I've heard that a thousand times. You just need to be creative, okay? If you're shy or if there's no one around, try to do something unusual. Be creative. For example, you could just hold a teddy bear. Yeah, a teddy bear or a doll or a stuffy, you know, a stuffed animal. And talk to it. It works. It actually helps. You know, it all makes it a little bit more real, even if you don't have a partner to talk with. So everybody should practice speaking out loud, even to an imaginary friend. And even imagine their responses and keep the conversation going. Little kids do this all the time, in all cultures, everywhere. Children talk to their imaginary friends. And just look at how quickly they learn language. So don't just talk the talk. You need to walk the talk and stop dreaming and start doing. Again, don't forget, we'll be recording a new episode in just a couple of weeks, so please look for it. And even better, sign up for CELS News. Go to CanadianEnglish.com and sign up. Well, that's everything for today. Thank you all for listening, and I'll catch you on The Rebound. Bye.